Hello and welcome to this episode of Dynamics Update. Uh, this is one of the ones that we are doing an interview, but with me as usual, I have Gustav. Hi Gustav, how are you doing today? Hello, Johan. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you today? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. And, and today we actually have an interview with someone that I've been trying to hunt down for a while and which I think is a really exciting person. We, we have an interview with uh, Joris de Groyter, Senior Program Manager for Dynamics 365 Dev Tools at Microsoft. So, which means that he's working with Visual Studio and X++ and everything. So, Joris, please tell us a little more about yourself. All right. Well, I'm Joris de Groyter. I'm the Program Manager for, well, I used to just do FNO developer tools, but these days it's, I guess we call it developer experiences because we're doing things around Dataverse and other things as well. Um, so I've, I've been at Microsoft six years in various roles related to Dynamics uh, FNO, really. Uh, but I have a, a long history with the product in, in consulting. Um, I'm from Belgium originally, but I actually live in, in the Seattle area. Um, so I did a couple of years of consulting back in the 2.5 and 3.0 days um, and then moved to the States and, and, and ended up at, at Microsoft. So uh, Welcome to the podcast. How should we start? Because you're you're one of the p people that I was told to follow in in on LinkedIn <laughs> and on on Twitter and so on uh, when I started working with Dynamics, which which wasn't that long ago, and I I really especially find your Twitter feed uh, really really entertaining. Uh, so so you you are like the uh, developer program right. manager. Um, what's are, what are what are the what have been the most interesting challenges in the in the move to Dynamics three sixty five for finance and operations? <laughs> Easy question, right? <laughs> well, I mean, actually, no, it's not. You know, the 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 move to FNO and the cloud uh, coincided with my move into Microsoft. So, right. in, in some respects, some of my experience went out the door the minute I started at Microsoft because as as everybody was changing the way they were doing implementations and doing cloud, um, I, I started cool. here. So, um, so I mean, the challenges I, I think coming from the outside into Microsoft, you start seeing the challenges right where before when you're in market and you complain about support or how they fix or don't fix your issues, and then you see why or what the back end of that is hmm. uh, you learn those things but then i think for the cloud it's been it's been an interesting change for microsoft where you know before the product was on a what a five year or more cycle of r d and then putting it in market and then market team taking it over and the product team moving on to the next these days it's you know where the engineers are on call and and um you know, if, if, if an AOS crashes somewhere, then somebody gets called out of bed, you know, that's a bit, that's been a big yeah, change, you know, as partners, you know, partners used to do this all by themselves, right? If a, if a customer went down, they had to go in and fix it. And, and, you know, realistically, because of that, sometimes issues were not reported or it was, you know, if Microsoft said, well, we're not sure if we're going to fix it, partners kind of said, well, well, forget it. We'll just do it ourselves. That has been a major change, right? Whereas as partners in the beginning, we're very concerned that, oh, we can't fix all these issues that we used to do ourselves. And from a Microsoft perspective, so that, well, the idea is that you don't have to fix it yourself. We should improve the product, right? And so, yeah, you know, exactly. of course, I think there's been a lot of learning on, on both sides uh, with regards to mm. this. And I think, I don't know how long you, you guys have been with FNO or the product, but I mean, it's come a long way in the cloud. 
I feel like a lot of issues have been fixed that were probably there for maybe decades even, right? That were just never reported or never urgent. But all of a sudden, as as we as a Microsoft are responsible for keeping it uh, up to date and 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 keeping it running, and and a lot of these things have come to surface that some of them were core issues that had to be solved. I think still today, mm. you know, there's still every now and then there's some sort of memory leak that maybe it gets fixed and found, you know, stuff like that that is probably has been there forever, right? So, but now we're we're getting the yeah, telemetry, absolutely. we're seeing. We're seeing, I don't know how many customers running live systems and, and you know, you start, you start fixing some deep, deep issues as well, which is, which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also with one fix, basically, right? Instead of doing it 100 implementations around the world, fixing the same yes. thing. Now you can draw the same conclusions, mostly due to the local regulatory um, yeah, issues, yeah. etc. So I think I, I agree that must be the biggest gain from this, yeah. the central. But it's been a challenge too, right? Now. I mean, the way yeah. the way the organization worked with the product, how it's supported, mm-hmm. how how we think about the next update, all of that has drastically changed, right? Yeah, I understand. I, from my perspective, you want to come from the consulting background as well. I, my my earliest version was 3.0, I think. So I've been with it with since etc. And in every up until and including 2012, a lot of the um, well correspondence with Microsoft is like Hotfix related, sometimes uh, kernel updates, reading up on what's coming. And but until well until the release stops coming, basically. But everything like you say, we have an issue here. Usually the issue is kind of critical. It takes a lot of time. So we, the partners, we fix them ourselves. Uh, but now that's an entirely different board, ball game. Not only technical, of course, that's a, that's the pretty easy gain technical-wise to see all this telemetry, but also the discussion towards the clients and everyone who uses the system. It's not only client customer or it's it's client customer Microsoft or none, like we are. We're hoping to be like only client customer or client Microsoft um, specifically. Just uh, the relationship and the, um, the long term invest investment is much uh, different than it was with the on prem installations we had before. Yeah, and, and I would like to add as well. I, I'm I started working with Dynamics just like a, a year or so before. Uh, the first FNO release. So my first uh, implementation project was, I think it was 8.0 or something like that. So I've been working with it for a while, but I, I don't have that much ex- much experience of of uh, 2012 and, and 09 and so on before that. I, I've got gotten most of that afterwards, but I, and I, I come from a Microsoft-centric infrastructure background. So my, my questions are very much in, in line with what you have experienced. So my first question when I got there was, so how do you do patching? Well, that's sort of a tricky question because we try to avoid <laughs> it most of the time. And also this thing that you ex- just explained, the thing that, that customers and partners actually tended to, when they have a support issue, they tend to ignore Microsoft and just say, oh, crap we do it ourselves in, mm. instead and i think that that inertia is actually there still because i have customers who are have been upgrading since 8.0 8.1 10. something and they are still like no we haven't really filed this issue with microsoft okay why not don't you want someone to fix it no they won't yeah. anyway yeah yes, and i do. i think specifically with uh, you talk about the 8 release right so in the 881 i think is when we we stopped the overlayering system for X++, which that was a, a major change, right? It was a big a big shift in, in a lot of things. 
uh, and I think I think there as well a lot came out where partners I talked to were very concerned. They said, "Well, you know, we we you know, we have all these things. We have to move all this code." But then when you talk to them, it's like, "Well, some of the code that they put in customers are technically fixing." problems in the in the basic product or things they feel like is just completely missing and it's like well i get that but that's where that collaboration needs to and i think we've come a long way that way we're getting a lot more issues that either we find ourselves or partners have been forced to say well we can no longer fix it themselves so now we have to report it but then they actually do get fixed so you know it's yeah and the community driven yeah. development as yeah well. that's that been, program that's is, been is very fantastic cool. as well yeah. so yeah. So a lot of those those um, uh, measures taken, I think that the uh, the ceiling of the application was, of course, the big step. A lot of people huge. got nervous yeah. there, um, uh, and including me. Not from like a, I think the overlaying was nice from a feature perspective when we built stuff, but in the end, you ended up with a lot of broken installations around the world, and they all said Microsoft. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a good. Yeah, good move. I think that. I think from a technology perspective, I think we had a handle on it. Although since then we've made a lot of added new features for accessibility for sure. Uh, I, I think the major challenge was really that the application, um, there were whole modules that were built so that you could easily overlayer them. Like they wrote the code so that you could extend it by overlayering. And so all of a sudden when you turn it off, you find out that, oh shoot, there's a lot of this functionality that just yeah, it's not built for, you know, so I think that that was a challenge and we try to add a lot of features to be able to you know, give you some options while the teams, mm -hmm. you know, went through extensibility requests and community driven. And so, and it, I think still today, every now and then you come across a customer that files an issue. They say, well, we're trying to do this and we can't. And like, wow. But it's really because the code was really never designed, right? Some of the, especially the yeah, older exactly. code was designed to be overlayered pretty much, <laughs> you know. It's built from 2009 yeah. and upwards, but uh, yeah, exactly that. And I think also, I mean, now one of my favorite uh, well, features of this new, of the new platform, the capabilities that we have is that you don't necessarily have to customize the ERP because ERP is ERP. And we're coming into that, I think, uh, and the, the whole convergence that we did, that you mentioned before as well, and the power platform, all of these components that are there available to us now to, to ease where you have a problem, you don't necessarily have to write X++ logic to solve that problem. You can solve it in a number of, of ways to save money, of course, from customized code, maintainability, etc. So I think that that is uh, code seal enables that in a whole different way because we were never, never able to support it. Or at least Microsoft as one key player, I don't see you guys being able to support that or maintain that on, on a cloud scale that we have now. So it's very... It's very not that shift in itself. You don't take away the capability, you put it somewhere else, right? Exactly. And I think it's kind of cool. I mean, taking a step back sometimes, because when you're in it, both on your side as well as my side, you're in it, you're in your day-to-day. -day, but when you take a step back and see just in the last couple of years how the product has, has improved mm. and changed, it's kind of crazy to think about, it, especially comparing it with with previous versions of the product, sort of the legacy yeah, versions, and even our competitors too, right? I mean, it's it's kind of crazy that, I think most people didn't think we were able to do it. And even with the ceiling, I think a lot of partners and customers thought we were crazy. Like, how are you ever gonna pull this off? And not that it was easy yeah. necessarily, but it's kind of amazing how far we've, we've come and still have the same product, right? We have not had to, Replatform yeah, cool. or do yeah. all sorts of crazy stuff. It's kind of yeah, it's cool. I'm really exp impressed with specifically that because 
I used to joke when, when we started implementing 8.0, 8.1, that this is basically AX 2012 R4 with the web UI, <laughs> because I mean, the underlying structure was basically exactly the same. And I am so extremely impressed that, that Microsoft has been able to basically rebuild the entire system when in production yes. Yeah. without messing yeah. it up completely. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I mean, you have to admit also when, when, when we got into it, I mean, there's a lot of brain power that goes into it, but you never know how it's going to evolve and how well it's, I mean, all you can do is all hands on deck and just, just has to be done, right? It has to be done. And yeah, we'll have a lot to, of lines of code yeah. to go through as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I still see some references to AX. I can reminisce sometimes when I'm when I'm able to go through code. I see the AX references. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know that one. That's <laughs> that's that's going out. But um, it's um, it's cool to see that it's still there. I mean, a lot of it's built upon, like you say, Yuan. I mean, it's very cool to do that shift while the system is live and operational, and you're able to do that without disrupting businesses, and that's really really cool. Yeah, ex exactly. Yuan, do you want to discuss and uh, on your favorite topics from the whole uh, platform convergence? Um, area what's what's your your take you i'm i'm a, I'm a old ax developer so I, I i attack it from like an ax perspective with like oh where's my best job where is everything <laughs> you want has a more um high level approach right <laughs> yep so so you actually sent me um a link uh, a youtube link from a, a talk that that one of your colleagues did at uh, a user group uh, yes. called ax convergence and one of the things that i actually been a bit skeptical about when we started this journey was that we haven't really gotten the information. I mean, we have gotten the high level, like uh, Ignite uh, slides that talks about uh, the roadmap in a very cloud fluffy way that doesn't really explain anything, but just tells you the basic direction you're going. And this was actually one of the first sessions that I saw that was really very specific, hmm. very specific in what you were trying to do and where you were going. And that's one thing that I really, really appreciated. And also, it really blew my mind to under, to, to, when, when I started understanding what you're actually, actually mm -hmm. aiming for here. So do you have any, any comments on, on uh, like, sort of the, the overall of We should maybe add, before you answer, Joris, we should maybe add that we'll link to that session on YouTube in the, key, okay. in the show notes later okay. on. So if you haven't seen it, you'll yeah, of course. Like, look at it afterwards yeah. so, so you get the kind of... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's so much to it, right? It's one of those things where, depending on who you talk to, you could be given a whole different speech and still be talking about the same thing, mm -hmm. right? Because there's so many angles. I think there's the, there's a power platform angle, right? Where you say, look, there's all these, you mentioned it before, all these great features where you can extend the system in all sorts of different ways that don't involve X++ or FNO directly, but, you know, with a power app and all these kinds of cool stuff. Uh, on the flip mm -hmm. side, you have you know, which, you know, we'll have to have to say it as it is. It's been a, a problem for, you know, before the Dynamics 365 days where CRM and ERP uh, were sort of loosely coupled systems, right? We sold them both, but they were never really tightly integrated. Like, I think, although there were some out-of-the-box features, I think most partners implemented it with third-party integrator packages yeah. and all sorts of things. Um, mm. And and so that's a different angle where you say, look, these these... You know, and as CRM has evolved into a suite of of customer engagement apps, uh, and FNO is now also being sort of touted as as these different modules and different licensing options. You know, you you, ca you can't sell that as one package if they if they don't have a native 
way to talk to each other without require tons of setup. So that's, I think, a different angle is to just make sure these, all of these business processes, we can sell them end to end, not just say, here's the FNO process and here's the customer engagement process. And then how you connect them, well, here's a bunch of technology. Because I think that's what was done in the 2012 and earlier mm -hmm. days is we had more frameworks to connect, but we didn't have a lot of sort of really business process end to end. So that's a huge focus. You see that in a lot of the Ignite sessions as well, right? We're very focused on just sort of business processes themselves, like end to end stuff. So, um, and then I think the second piece is um, just from a consistency perspective, right? Is, is um, you know, we, we have very different systems to maintain. We have lifecycle services, LCS, we have Power Platform Admin Center. So any customer who wants to use bits and pieces of the Power Platform and FNO, they have to go to this portal for that. They have to go there for yes. that. I mean, and those are all things that just it makes sense that we we clean that up and and as as these systems converge, right? That's that's the whole point. So there's so many angles. And similarly on the DevTools side as well, we're trying to we're trying to get to a point where where you can. You know, Dataverse has its own system with with plugins where you can write C sharp code to handle things. We're we're plugging yeah. that in so you can handle FNO business events using a Dataverse plugin and things like that. And those things things will progress. I think right now they're very focused on just like project operations, for example, right? Is our first out of the box product that uses both FNO and CE as backends and integrates them. So they use this kind of stuff heavily. We've been working with ISVs also that have a foot in both systems that want to bring them together. So instead of writing custom integrations, they can use these things. But I think over time, you'll see more, more abilities where you say, look, you may end up for certain things having a choice. Say, look, if you don't want to do it in X++, you could potentially write a, a plugin for Dataverse to do it, depending on what it is. So I, I think these things will definitely evolve, but uh, it's it's cool to be sort of at the beginning of, of some of these uh, deep, deep integration points between between the two platforms, although we, we sort of sell them as one and they, I mean, you kind of use them as one, but we want to make sure they actually, they behave correctly as one as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but also also one of the things that that really hit me in the in the session was was this sort of humility regarding you you, you were not you were not selling them as one product. You were selling them as a better together product. I mean, there is still the option to integrate third-party software using Dataverse for instance, and and that is actually one of the scenarios that you're pushing fairly hard. I mean, of course you would like us to use uh, CE and 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 ERP uh, together, but but if we have something else, I mean, I I I still think that we can't really expect everyone to switch everything just because it it's. Convenient. No, but I think that mindset, that shift, that and that humility that you mentioned, Yvonne, is very interesting for me as well. I I think I, the inventory visibility app is one of one of my favorite subjects because it's really nice. I think it uses a lot of these components, and I'm I come from a commerce background as well, and. I know, uh, I mean, a couple of years back, if you spoke about commerce, it's kind of the retail solution. It was never built around any other pools than M pools, right? Modern pools are really hard to connect. You could do it with a lot of different ways, like connecting to the channel DB. This was the first time I've seen an official session from Microsoft where you actually, in the slide, include a possible third-party pools. And I think that makes a lot of sense because that is the reality that we, that we live with. We, we have FNO, we might have FNO, we might have other Microsoft products, but the whole come together thing, its that's the reality. If you use all Microsoft, sure, Correct. good for you. Might be easier to connect, but 
most most people don't right and that's the other angle right so i talk about there's there's the power platform angle and what that brings for fno customers potentially there's the angle of okay if you use crm and erp how do you you know easily use those out of the box together yeah. but there's the other angle where we're we're saying look we we want dataverse to be your backend for whatever line of business stuff you need to build whether you use crm or erp we don't really care we want you to build it on the platform right and and um you know so there's a lot of effort going into also making sure power platform regardless of dynamics properly integrates with with uh with azure right so that if you're using azure functions if you're you're a native azure developer how can you leverage although you know we initially spent a lot of time explaining citizen development to people but there's a lot of pro dev and there's a lot of benefits regardless of of how you build apps so having data versus that backend and if you crm and erp as well then all your data is there and all these things you know that that's what the name dataverse implies as well right is it <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah you light up a lot of scenarios basically and that's very cool and a lot of people are still in that shift transition you might if you're on erp that i think that you're more prone to kind of do the, the real pro developer part because you want to control every data data constraints etc but you're might most likely also not fully live you've been in business for a couple of years you might have a technical debt right so a lot of these dataverse solutions where you can use you can bypass erp you can bypass a full go live by just jacking right into dataverse and light up a lot of different scenarios for lightweight development i just i had a meeting a couple of weeks back where i just I, we built an integration just in power automate for uh, during the meeting and uh, people were like whoa wow you can do that now yeah. wow cool and i think a lot of people are still not in that mindset where where you need to you don't necessarily need all of the tools you can use pieces of them as long as you understand the big picture and how to how to um, make use of them in the best way yeah and that's where then if if you are using dataverse and if later on you want to do more then you're kind mm. of already there right and hopefully things will light up automatically for you yeah yeah exactly that's cool and business events was a real well, game changer that, that component was in crm for quite a couple of years i think everyone cheered in that tech con from when we um when we got the real firing of events from the yeah, yeah. it was built everyone built it customized anyway before so it, it was still there but now it's a real framework for it and that's um super cool as well to build these scenarios as long as you keep it structured a little bit yeah yeah exactly i mean now now you know we we had the event catalogs in fno but now those are mm -hmm. showing up and, and have been adopted by dataverse as well so you start seeing all these things mm -hmm. yeah it's it's cool yeah, you can subscribe that's really cool exactly and the, and the, when the business events for me was really cool uh, different products for like exporting data and firing events the whole outbound integration perspective logic apps could then tie it together with the entities etc very cool but now with the virtual data entities writable capability back as well the odata you have kind of the full chain back as well um from a performance perspective so i mean uh, what's your take on that that's the way to go forward using like a lot of people might use only like fno capabilities to have their integrations not using logic apps or anything like that but it's being able to use these functions that's um that's the good thing right yeah i i, I think this is something that we've we've always had um in dynamics and i think microsoft as a whole like sometimes there's different ways to doing the same thing right and we need to make sure that customers understand what the options are and why you would choose one over the other like i think sometimes you know we have to be careful we don't get too hung up just on on showcasing technology right 
And I think that's where the mm. focus on business processes is important because then if, if mm. internally we have that in our minds and we can give you an example of how we think you should be using this or how you could use it, that's important. And, and mm. like you said, you have, I mean, you can build an integration, you can do business events, you can use logic apps, you could use flow, like when do you use which and for what? Yeah. And I think that's very important to kind of point out these layers and when and how you would use them yeah yeah and supportability as well and like slas and and, and i mean for business critical processes maybe not use power automate maybe you should go with logic apps in yeah, that case exactly. if you want the real business critical solution so i think that um explanation is very um, very important as well or that discussion at least yeah and in addition to that i mean we, we still have a lot of work and we have a lot on the roadmap around ALM, mm. right? Because that's then the other issue you get yeah. into where you say, look, of course, FNO is is very strict on its ALM and how you deploy code and mm. all that. Um, on the CE side, they're, they're, they have a lot more options. They allow you to do a lot more things. Mm. Um, as mm. we, first of all, put LCS and features into Power Platform Admin Center, and we ultimately want all of FNO just to be entirely there. Um, you know, we obviously we want to keep a lot of the controls that we have, we don't want to impose them on Power Platform users necessarily, but they should probably have the option. And then if you're an FNO customer that uses CE apps and all the other Power Platform goodness, you know, if you built a solution like that today, it's it's still each one of them has sort of a, its own ALM story. So those those are all big things we're, we're, we're working on is, is how to control the ALM story, the security, how to make sure that you can easily mm-hmm. deploy between test and production, but not just FNO or CRM, but everything together. Those are all things that we're we're heavily working on right now. Cool. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's one of the things that that I've been a bit a bit jealous about when it comes to to uh, inf- from the infrastructure side. That that going into this, uh, learning that we are now running things in Azure, and and the fact that I don't really get to use any of the cool Azure tools uh, especially in the alm part now i'm curious like what give me an example what, what would you like yeah, to use you can use a lot of tools right yeah <laughs> i mean but i mean for for instance being able to deploy environments directly from the with the automations in in uh, azure um, that's one of the parts and also the the things that you're referring to is that we have different admin portals for different mm. things so we don't really have I mean, uh, Power Platform is administered from one place and Logic Apps is administered from a totally separate place, even though it tends to use Dataverse and Power Platform. So it is a bit, uh, it's it's a bit jarring that that you really need to understand all of these tools and you need access Mm. to all of these tools. There's no one place to do everything. And especially for me coming from from the infrastructure side, I, I... stopped working with infrastructure and started word working with the dynamics just after we learned powershell so just when we started to get get good at powershell i went over to the ax and and d365 <laughs> side and realized there's no powershell right. here yeah. oh okay no is a is a strong word but right. not that much no, i i think actually a lot of work is being done there like i said there's there's one of the angles as well here is of course we want <clears throat> Azure developers to be able to use Power Platform regardless of dynamics. Uh, and so for that reason, there's there's a lot of focus there as well with, you know, now there's there's a Visual Studio Code editor, for example, to do a bunch of Power Platform. There's a big roadmap for that. 
Um, they've mm-hmm. they've integrated Azure Functions directly into Power App, so you can call them and and using API management, all those things. And if you saw the announcement that was recently about um, the uh, Azure billing um, that we can do now, so you, you you see that it's 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 coming, right? Um, yeah. And, um- yeah. It is it is coming together, and especially one thing I I realized looking at at the ignite session was was the like the the security features which are are I mean you have a lot of security tooling on the Azure side, you haven't had that much on the uh, FNO slash CE slash Dataverse Power Platform side, but you're actually coming there with like uh, conditional access. Uh, and all of those things, which are I think are are really really important, because I, I'm actually looking into uh, trying to explain what we have uh, for for security uh, in the FNO in the Power Platform mm-hmm. Dynamics side, and and we realize that okay, so because I, I'm 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 starting with with a paper on how to secure an Azure and an Office 365 environment. And then we we look at how we should do it on the dynamic side, and we realize that there are a lot of those things that we're using on the other areas where we can just cross them off because we are not able to use them, unfortunately. Yeah, and yeah. and I think that's where the the tighter platform integration will likely. Hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of these things are being surfaced right now. Like if you look at how the security just between DataVerse and FNO goes today, since everything goes through data entities um, from a data perspective it kind of made it a little bit easy for us because data entities are secured uh, on their own. But let's say we get to a point where you don't need an entity, but let's say you, and and again, I'm not saying this is something we're working on. I'm just (laughs) hypothetically, right? Um, It's like, let's say you could somehow through a connector or something, uh, you know, handle any table from FNO, call into any table in FNO. But that then raises the point, well, how do we do security on that? Yeah, because exactly. the security models are different. We don't really secure at a table level in FNO anymore. We we secure it at sort of an entry point. So all of these things are gonna are bubbling up and and are being discussed. Like okay, well, you know, things we're doing now work, but as we progress, like a lot of things. Yeah, but it starts... makes total sense, right? I mean, that's the whole. That's for me. That's interface design because, like we discussed before, you don't necessarily have to have all uh, critical logic within the same system. You you kind of take it out, you put it here. And they interface together. We don't care really about what right. you do here or what you do here, as long as the interface is, is working and it's secure, right? And that's the whole entity perspective as well. Um, that was there, in right? But as, as, as we well. talk about, we're talking about platform convergence, right? Not yeah. not necessarily platform integration. So, you know, ideally, you wouldn't have to worry too much about no. oh, adding a user in FNO and adding him in Dataverse and then making sure the security lines up. Like these are all experiences that we expect over time should just be. You know, you say, okay, this user needs access to this business process, hmm. and whatever that means on either side, it should just be taken care of, right? So yeah, those exactly. are all aspirations. Yep. I mean, one of if if I were to add one of the things to my wish list, it would be the conditional access functionality, but within ERP, so that you could actually set rules that collaborate with the the roles and and. Uh, things mm-hmm. in ERP. Right. That that would be really cool. You need you need to be on a d- corporate device in order to do this this and this. That that would be really interesting. Yeah, so. and I, I think that's something that the, the YouTube you you refer to um, about platform convergence is something that that's being, you know, explained from the very beginning is what what we're looking at at this point 
you know, as we try to bring them together is for any feature that is being considered or added on any team within Power Platform and, you know, FNO being part of Power Platform, it's like, okay, does does any other product or platform already have something like this? And how can we leverage that or uptake it? Or, you know, when we build something new, we have to make sure it works on both sides. And so that's how these things slowly progress and converge. All right, that's very cool. I think we are running a little bit out of time if we are sticking to our specific time. Um, thanks a lot, Joris, for a very good input and it's very interesting discussion yeah. as well. I think this whole, I mean, for me, again, the whole deal, deal breaker, the new platform, the convergence part, it's really cool that you actually see it used right now. I've been been part of it since the, well, Power Apps was announced. I think it was, I was in Barcelona that on convergence, people were cheering. Right. Now you can build apps on your own. It's really cool to see yeah, it yeah. now with the maturity that we've reached now where you guys have, have built um, to see it being used. Um, but w- with that said, I think uh, it's, it'll be interesting to see where we get from here um, with the whole. And I would love to have just one portal, not just LCS portal. If that's the only thing I get from this, I would be very happy as well. <laughs> that is that is definitely coming. A lot of people working on that. So. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So so uh, uh, I mean, Gustav, you used to usually yeah, end sure. the session with with a question. Of just, uh, I mean, if you have a favorite Dynamics feature, it can be anything in FNO specifically because I'm very FNO centric here. Uh, it can be anything from a favorite form from a like a piece of code. Do you have a favorite feature? Oh wow, that's a that's a tough one. Maybe you don't uh, work in FNO that much in the ap- application itself. <laughs> No, less and less, right? Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I think one thing, one thing that I've always appreciated, just in general, about FNO and X plus plus, is that essentially the whole platform is pretty much open, right? Mm. So, you know, you have I, I love personalizations, for example, and I know a lot has changed, and I'm not even 100 percent up to date with like the new save views features, and I know they've done a lot there to administer it. But something like that, I think, is super cool. And then if you start looking at it, the majority of that code is written in X++. So as a customer, yeah. as a partner, if you're willing to dive in, you can you can do some really cool stuff. And that's, in general, I think, from an FNO perspective. And of course, it makes it hard because if you go that route, you know that's where updates get tricky and difficult, and you have to be very careful. <laughs> you're not, <laughs> you know, putting yourself in a in a terrible spot. But the fact that you can see that code and and modify it and extend it um, at at yeah, a platform cool. level is uh, I think is super cool. Cool, very good answer. Thanks, Charles. Uh Thanks a lot for joining us uh, today. It was really nice of you to be able to take the time. Yeah. Hopefully, we will maybe we'll be getting back to you in some at some point when you have. Something yeah, as I, as I have more concrete us. things to talk about, <laughs> uh, and not all these things we're just researching. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Cool. That's Thanks cool. Lot, That's Joris. cool. Uh, if if nothing else, we will call you when when it's time for Visual Studio 2022. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Oh man. Yes. <laughs> sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thanks a lot. And um, bye bye. Right. Thank you. Bye bye.